0: Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. We got a movie series that would inspire generation after generation to take up their imaginary lightsabers and battle the evil empire. Yes, I'm talking about Star Wars. And if you didn't immediately realize that, you're clearly not a child of the 70s or the 80s or the 90s, or, well, you get the picture. George Lucas's space western has now been a cultural touchstone for more than 42 years. Yet the Star Wars universe depiction of valiant Jedi knights taking on the bad guys doesn't exist in a vacuum. The series was inspired by age-old myths, and James Croft argues that by exploring the ways they resonate, we can learn a lot about ourselves and our culture. So here today to discuss this idea is James Croft. He's Outreach Director for the Ethical Society of St. Louis, and he'll be discussing this same idea and an event open to the public tonight at the Ethical Society's headquarters on Clayton Road. James, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much, Sarah. It's great to be here.
0: We're also joined by Martin Casas. He's owner of Apotheosis Comics and Lounge on South Grand, and that means he knows a thing or two about heroes and superheroes. And his shop is a sponsor of tonight's event. So, Martin, thank you for joining us today.
2: Thanks for having us.
0: Now, for those of you listening, we're wondering, how has Star Wars shaped your worldview? And has that been a good thing? Give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Or you can send us a tweet at STL on air or email us at talk at stlpublicradio.org. Now, James, I know George Lucas described in part the original Star Wars film being inspired by B-movie serials like Flash Gordon and Buck Rogers, but you say the films actually have ties to much older works of mythology. Give us an example of that.
1: That's absolutely true. As you said in your opening George Lucas was fascinated with myths and with mythology. And while he was writing the first drafts of what became Star Wars and New Hope, he read a book called The Hero with a Thousand Faces by comparative mythologist Joseph Campbell. And in that book, Campbell takes what he thinks are common story beats from myths all across the world and all across time and comes up with what he calls the monomyth the single mythic story that he says is retold again and again in all different cultures in all different places all throughout human history and that monomyth has a certain structure and George Lucas tried to fit the Star Wars movie into that structure it gave him the sort of skeleton he needed to pull all his various ideas together into one Story. So he
0: very consciously tried to model this on this, this perfect structure that had been identified.
2: Absolutely. And comic books follow that same beat, too. I mean, when you talk about their heroic journey, you start off as a status quo, which is where everyone begins their normal life. Then they're presented with a challenge they have to overcome. And then they have to train to become better. Then they set out to their for adventure. And then they're uh, presented with a challenge to overcome. And then they have to uh, face a crisis And I think one of the things that's most interesting about modern uh, mythology and maybe modern culture in general is that, you know, when they come home from that journey, they're a changed person. Mm -hmm. Uh, But with modern technology, like social media, I mean, is it possible to to go home and be a changed person if a Twitter photo or something you said 10 years ago comes back to bite you? Yeah, you can't
0: lose track of that journey. It's, It's still there right there with you. Yeah, I
2: think it's an interesting thing to think about with modern mythology is how... Kind of social media could affect that the growth of a hero maybe uh, it has
0: i'm also sort of intrigued by this idea that we, we've moved past so many aspects of the ancient world and here we think of ourselves as so modern and as you say we're just hanging out on twitter all day and yet these stories about heroes persist and in fact it seems like people are hungrier for them than ever james why do you think that is
1: well joseph campbell argued i'm not sure i entirely agree with him but his argument was building on the ideas of Carl Jung, that this is all an expression of the collective unconscious of the human species, that because we have a similar human shape, like we have a body that is for most of us pretty much the same shape. We also have shapes in our minds that are the same for all human beings that are expressed in these mythic stories. That was Campbell's central idea. So some argue that these mythic stories resonate with us again and again in all these different forms because they fit into shapes we already have in our minds. Mm. So one of the clearest examples is the stage of the hero's journey, the meeting of the mentor, mm-hmm. when the hero meets usually an older, yeah. wiser figure who's going to Obi-Wan Kenobi. Him. It's mm-hmm. Obi-Wan Kenobi. It's Merlin for King Arthur. So these figures recur in many different stories. And Jung might say, well, that's a representation of the psychic arpe- archetype of the sage. And everyone has that archetype in their mind. I'm not so convinced. We have to be a bit skeptical of this idea, even though it works really well for Star Wars and Star Wars became a mega hit. There are plenty of films and books and comic books that use exactly the same story structure and are total failures. In fact, most of them are total failures. So it's not a guarantee of success. I think perhaps the hunger for heroism has more to do with the sense, particularly today, that we feel like... There's a lot wrong in our culture and our politics, Mm. and we struggle to see how to get beyond it, how to make a positive difference. And all of us want to make a positive difference in our community. That's exactly what the Ethical Society of St. Louis is about. And in that struggle,
2: we look for
1: people who can serve as models, and often that's these mythic heroes.
2: And in mythology, a lot of times it's whatever the human being is trying to overcome, the most powerful thing in their in their life at the time. In ancient mythology, was the bull or was the horse or the most powerful things they could possibly imagine. Um, as we got through in the creation of comics, it's more powerful than locomotive, able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. And then as Superman entered the war, it was he could fly – over the ocean and, and confront the evils of Adolf Hitler than it was he could fly to separate to different planets when it was the, um, when Apollo landed. So it's, or when Apollo happened. So it's always about how can human beings confront and challenge the insurmountable that's in front of them at the time.
0: Now, Martin, I'm told you actually got out of politics and moved into comic books because the elected officials you would looked up to, you said were not really heroes anymore. Do you feel like by moving into this comic world, that we're sort of letting people off the hook and saying, all right, everybody's terrible. Let's retreat to the world of escapism.
2: No, I mean, for me, it was, you know, I just came off of the uh, you know, two contentious elections that just kind of bore me down. And after doing this stuff for 15 years, it just kept getting worse and worse. And I really felt that we weren't really electing a better class of elected officials. We were just electing whomever was around us. Mm-hmm. So my goal with the the comic book store was to maybe inspire people to you know, read stories that, uh, of people who are doing heroic things or challenging the norms. That
0: we can be better.
2: We can be better, yeah. And, and there's certainly there's ability to do that, and there's a, a way to do that, but um, I just needed to break.
0: <laughs> now, James, I know you have been a big fan of Star Wars. You say you're also somewhat of a critical fan in, in some cases, but do you feel like Star Wars has inspired you to be better?
1: Yes. How so? I think so. I think that what I take... From the Star Wars movies positively is that there's sort of a naive optimism about the potential of an individual to make a positive impact in the world, and the characters that stand out to me are the ones that reflect the positive ideals of friendship and courage and all those kind of traditional positive values that I think we all want to display in our own lives. So certainly I remember as a child going to this fair that we had every m- year in the village green near where i grew up and there was one stall i really wanted to go to which is the one that sold the old 1970s star wars figures and i was desperate to collect them because i loved these characters did you and what keep they those represented collect? oh yeah okay, i still thank, have yeah. some of them in the in the attic retire with those house. things daniel <laughs> yeah <laughs> there like may be the some value there. that's right yeah. <laughs> but i do think we should be critical about these heroic stories And one of the things we might critique about the heroes in Star Wars, particularly the Jedi, is that if you think about it, these are characters with inherited power. A lot of the focus on the original Star Wars trilogy is about the lineage of the Skywalkers who are powerful because of what's in their blood. It's mm-hmm. actually a sort of genetic superiority, which is a, not an idea that we really want to take into modern society. This idea that a single powerful savior can save the world and has the right to rule and impose their view of the good on other people. I think we need a more democratic ideal of heroism than that, a more communal ideal. And that's why I'm sorry to admit this on this show, but I'm a bit more of a Star Trek person than a Star <laughs> Wars person in the
2: end. Well, and that's, I think, one of the things why I fall into the superhero world over Star Wars is because superheroes, Superman certainly could, could have improved the world. Ten times over, so could Bruce Wayne through you know, helping Gotham City instead of becoming Batman and spending billions of dollars on the cool technology. But they are about setting an example that other people can follow in their place. And I think that's what I really tried to do with leaving the world of politics and going into, into the world of comics was that you can inspire people to do good. I think you make such a good
1: point there, Martin, with your description of Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne could have done a lot more for his city than Batman did. And yet the hero, sort of anti hero, is supposed to be Batman. What would happen if we created stories in which the heroes are the people who, paid their taxes and lobbied for people like Bruce Wayne to pay more taxes so that people had better services, so there was less crime because people felt less hopeless. That would be a sort of heroism that I think is appropriate for our times. But
2: in a sense, we may be still stuck in old models of heroism. James, I think you've you've, uh, described a book I might be uh, uniquely qualified to write (laughs) (laughs)
0: I got to say, though, um, James, I I love your idea of heroism. I'm not sure I'd want to read that book. It doesn't sound nearly as exciting as the hero who can leap the the building in a single bound. Is there a way that we can take um, these mythic heroes and maybe transmit qualities that we want without losing the sizzle?
1: I think that's a really good question. If I could do that, I would probably be a multi-billionaire like George Lucas, <laughs> and I would have written my own nine-film saga about these sort of democratic heroes that I'm thinking about. But right now, I think it's more difficult to convey the immediate appeal of the slow, hard, institutional, often disappointing work of really improving our society. Mm-hmm. So perhaps one of the reasons these heroic stories are so popular is simply because they're escapism. They make things seem a lot simpler than they really are. And that's not a bad thing. Escapism is fine and I love it, but we have to learn to look beyond it sometimes as well.
0: What do you see as the line between inspiration and escapism? Can someone become so enraptured by, say, Luke Skywalker? Skywalker, that they're less invested in seeing change in the real world. Have you seen this with some of your customers?
2: Yeah, I think some people take a more critical approach to how fast change can happen, right? And they want to uh, implement it quicker. Um, A lot of the problems that heroes take on are analogies for real world issues. Like, you know, there's Mm -hmm. villains that have, you know, storm-based powers or radioactive powers or nuclear powers, and those all relate to a quantifiable thing of the real world that they're trying to overcome, and only somebody with superpowers can do that. So I think it's really understanding that mythology is based in the real world, and it's really to help you uh, conceptualize the changes and problems in front of you.
0: Um, at the same time, um, people have such strong feelings about some of these series that people will sometimes describe it in almost religious terms. And those of us who maybe aren't as big fans, we might even use terms like a cult, like it's the Star Wars cult. Uh, James, do you think it's an exaggeration to say there's a near religious adherence involved for, for some fans?
1: I don't think it's an exaggeration. Religions are, at least from my perspective as a humanist, essentially mythological frameworks which try and help people live their lives. So I see them in a very similar way. One of the reasons why we try and do programs like this at the Ethical Society is we want people to think critically about how they live, and that includes examining the myths which are shaping our lives. But you're right. When you see the reaction, for instance, to how Luke Skywalker was portrayed in Star Wars Episode Eight, the most recent movie in the saga, Mm -hmm. there was a whole petition which got thousands and thousands and thousands of signatures asking Disney to strike them movie from the canon and remake it and the end of that petition has a quote and i really appreciate this because it really it shows how people felt it said don't do this to us don't take something so many of us loved so much and destroy it like this let us keep our heroes that's how powerfully people hold on to some Mm -hmm. of these heroic figures
0: And so, Martin, what do we do when we're sort of confronted with people who are clinging to something that's fictional and they're obsessed?
2: Wow, that's a big question. (laughs) Can you
0: solve that in one (laughs) minute? Because I'm going (laughs) to sign you here.
2: (laughs) Um, You know, these, these myths are based in something that is real. And it's something that people are trying to understand. And so when their heroes are brought down and they're not up to what they expect, there's a lot of pain involved in that but like luke luke didn't have luke had a second story arc in uh, the last jedi and he accomplished it he became a hero again it wasn't as big or as mighty as as people would have hoped but that's life i mean sometimes it's doing a little thing that inspires someone else to do their thing that is the heroic act and i think people need to understand that there's not it's not all flashy and it's not glitzy and the, no one gets a parade at the end of it, but by doing a good job and doing what they're supposed to do, um, they can help out in the heroic story.
0: So maybe these lessons are here in these mm-hmm. movies. We're, we're maybe quick to look at sort of the easy lesson, which is uh, become a Jedi and save the world. But beneath that, there's some really important values.
1: Absolutely, and in fact, that's one of the things I love the most about the Star Wars films is that they understand Partly because George Lucas was thinking in this mythological way that the story of the hero's journey was always intended to be symbolic of an inner journey. Mm -hmm. It is an inner struggle to integrate our own personality, to find the best in ourselves. And Star Wars dramatizes that internal struggle more effectively than I think any other pop culture phenomenon. When you see Darth Vader trying to turn Luke to the dark side or Rey in the more recent movies trying to turn Kylo Ren to the light side, it is a dramatization of internal struggles that we all sometimes feel we all have no. And ignoble parts of ourselves that we wrestle with jealousy and anger and hatred warring with love and compassion. And because of that, I think these movies still have enduring value.
0: And that's actually the perfect note to end on. Unfortunately, we're out of time, but if people want to join you guys tonight, this event is open to the public?
1: Yes, you can come to the Ethical Society of St. Louis at 7 p.m. for Star Wars and the Hero's Journey. And today, you can download our new podcast, Ethics and Chill, by going to ethicsandchill.org. And it continues the sorts of discussions we've been having.
0: Uh, James Croft of the Ethical Society of St. Louis, thank you so much for joining us today.
2: Thank you. It's been a pleasure.
0: And Martin Casas of Apotheosis Comics and Lounge, thank you for being here.
2: Love being here. Thank you.
0: This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. That's 90.7 KWMU.